and welcome to Must Talk Money. This is a brand new podcast where we have the one conversation that everyone hates to have, but needs to have, and that's the conversation of money. The goal of this podcast is to take the fear, shame, and secrecy out of the money discussion. Also, I want to do my part to help you get on the right foot to walk in financial success onto a fabulous financial future. This is the place for you to listen, learn, share, and embrace all things related to your personal finances. I'm your host, Merle. Let's get started. Hi guys, happy Wednesday and welcome to the Must Talk Money podcast. My name is Merle. I'm your host. Thank you again for joining me. Thank you for coming back um, this week or week after week and listening to what I have to say about money and personal finances. Uh, First of all, I want to remind you, if you do not follow me on Instagram and Twitter, please do that at Must Talk Money. That's where you get updates about the show, updates about um, anything new that I'm doing and also information about personal finance and all that stuff. So um, let's get into it. This morning, I woke up. It was so beautiful outside, starting to get into the um, my favorite season of all, which is fall. Last week in California, we had a heat wave. And I think that, you know, it was up to 110, 113 degrees some days. It was awful. So this week, we're back in the 70s, 80s, and I'm so excited about it. Um, but I was just looking. It's September actually the middle of September, and we only have about 15 more weeks left in 2022. 15 weeks, and it just seems like yesterday we were uh, celebrating the new year, and here we are at the end of the year. And so I want to ask you again, you know, those goals that you made, the resolutions that you made on December 31st, January 1st, um, that you said you were going to do for this year, have you met those goals? Where are you Um in that process, you know, what is it that you need to do? What can you wrap up in the last 15 weeks of this year? Uh, Maybe your goal is to go harder and knock out some debt or to save more, invest more this year. What What is that goal? And are you on track to reach it? And you may not be able to reach it, but maybe you can uh, just kind of push and go hard these last few weeks of the year. Or maybe you want to do the complete opposite. Maybe you've gone hard or maybe you had a hard year. And you want to be intentional about taking some rest these last few months. Um, Maybe you want to step back from relationships or step back from family. Or maybe you want to put more into family, more into relationships and less into work or just the hustle and bustle and the daily grind of life. You know, that's completely okay too. I'm all about that. So maybe you just want to rest and take these three months to just relax and soak in all that has happened or start planning for next year. Whatever it is, you know, you got some time to just work on some things before the end of this year is up. Um, 
So I want to say, as always, this is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. I like to think of it as financial education and motivation because I want to educate you and motivate you to make the best decisions possible when it comes to the one resource that you work the hardest for, and that is your money. So if you were here last week or if you listened last week, you know I talked about FIRE and retiring early. And the reason I did that um, is not because I'm trying to encourage anyone to retire early. I was just sharing part of my story and you know the path that I'm attempting to take. But also, I want to get you in the mindset of regardless where you are in life, whatever age you are, um, retirement should always be something that's on your mind. Because even if you have a 401k or even if you um, start early, start late. There's nine times out of 10 with the way the economy is and the the rate of inflation, you're not going to have enough money to retire if you just invest in your 401k only. Um, I was just reading an article that was saying that um, millennials and Gen Z will now need approximately $3.5 million in order to live comfortably during retirement. Now, of course, this is going to change, you know, uh, thinking about how you live and how you spend and what your goals are in retirement. But $3.5 million, that's a lot of money. And you, the likelihood of you being able to invest that much in your workplace 401k or, you know, save that much outside of work and having it grow to that point is very slim. So you're going to have to do some other things. You're going to have to invest outside of your retirement account. You may have to, you know, own some property. There's a a lot that needs to be done so that you can live comfortably during retirement. So again, not never too early and not too late to start thinking about retirement. But after the episode, I did get a lot of um, comments and people saying, you know, well, I do need to save more for retirement or how can I save more or Um, It was all around saving. And the reality is, is that you cannot save enough for retirement. I'll say that again, you can't save enough for retirement. And I don't know, maybe the verbiage is getting um, confused, but you can't save for retirement. You have to invest because investing is the only way that your money will grow at a rate that will give you some kind of return um, so that you can have enough money in the future to retire. I want to talk about some difference between actually saving and investing. First of all, with a savings account, you can only save in like traditional bank accounts, um, whether you're credit union or you bank at a regular bank. There's only specific accounts that you can save money in. Um, Also, savings, you have a low risk of losing that money with the exception of inflation. So if you put your money in a savings account, nine times out of 10, the chance of that money just going away or something happening where it goes from $20,000 to zero are very, 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 very slim. If that happens to your money in a savings account, I guarantee you that you're not the only one with a problem. It's a worldwide problem. And it's probably, you know, completely out of your hands, everyone else's hands. So there's no chance that you can lose. Well, I wouldn't say no chance. There's a very, very, very low chance that you would lose money in a savings account. Although you do lose, the, your money loses value due to the inflation that we're currently going through now, the inflation that you currently go through um, on a yearly basis. Um, also, the returns are extremely low with the savings account. You don't get paid dividends 
well, not enough dividends to make any difference um, with savings account. The interest rate for a brick and mortar savings account when you go to a regular bank um, are anywhere from 0.01% to 0.1%, which is literally nothing. I happen to be looking at my daughter's um, savings account, her bank statement, and I told her, I was like, let me see your bank statement. She gave it to me. First of all, this chick's 17 years old and has about $4,000 stashed away. And I'm like, where did you get all this money from? Now she works, but I guess she's not, she's not spending anything. Um, but I looked at her, her statement and over the course of a year, she's had, um, I mean, I don't know how, what the range is. Right now she's at $4,000. So this year she's only gained 20, 20 cents in interest for that $4,000. So she's letting them hold $4,000 and they've only given her 20 cent back. That's ridiculous. And that's at a 0.01 interest rate. So you're not getting any money back when you have a savings account like that. Also, um, a difference in savings and investing, when you have a savings account, the liquidity is different. So you can easily access that money at any time. You know, whenever the bank is open, you can pull money out of that account or you can transfer it online, you know, at any time. There are usually very, very slim stipulations when it comes to taking money out of a savings account. Now, it may be specific on your bank or um, the account, uh, the type of savings account that you have, but the liquidity is different. You can just take your money whenever you need it. And when it comes to investing, the money that you invest is only held in certain accounts, like a brokerage account, any kind of retirement account, any traditional IRA, personal IRA, Roth IRA. Um, and also that money is held up. It can be held up in a product like real estate. It can be held up in land. It can be held up in business. So the money that's invested, um, you can't easily access it. Because again, it's tied up into a product or a property or something like that. Um, also with investing, unlike savings, the list, the risk of loss is much greater when you invest. Now, there are ways to mitigate your risk when, risk when you are investing. Um, one of those ways is to invest in quality businesses and invest in index funds. And we'll go, in, we'll go more into that later. But the chances of you losing a lot of money when you invest smart and you you are knowledgeable about knowledgeable about what you invest in the chances of you losing money are are very slim you know you can there's greater than the savings account but also the chances of you making money while investing is greater than a savings account so if you want to make some money there's going to be some kind of risk involved and again if you invest smart you invest wisely you invest cautiously um, the chances of you losing money are um, slim. And then also, like I said, the returns are greater. You get greater returns when you invest, um, whether it's in the stock market, again, real estate, land, business, you know, your money can grow. Like, so the S&P 500 has a track record of growing an average of 10% every year. Well, you take 10% um, interest versus the 0.01% interest and you see how the difference of the amount of money that you make or you'll get while you're investing is so much greater than just saving. Um, and the thing about it, one of the things about investing that's not necessarily um, 
I guess the same with savings is that when you invest, your money is unfortunately um, the growth of the money is linked to outside forces. So if you have a catastrophic event, like for example, pandemic, the stock market went down or when uh, times of war or conflict between nations, sometimes it'll, it'll uh, affect the amount of money that the, the amount of growth that your money has. And that's common. But fortunately, through history and you know through downturns in the market, you've seen that the the money always comes back, and not only does it come back, it comes back greater. Um, so another difference um, in your investing and savings is that when you invest, your money is not easily accessible. So you can't just go and pull money out of your investment accounts. Um, when you invest in an IRA or any kind of retirement account, there are stipulations to when you can take that money out. And if you decide to take it out early, you know, there are penalties, there are taxes, all this stuff. Again, it's different from your savings account, whereas if you have $30,000 $30, saved, you can just go and pull out $15,000. Well, if you have $30,000 invested, let's just say into the stock market, you can't go and grab that money. You have to sell investments. Um, you have to rearrange some things. And even if you sell your investments, there's there could be a chance that you're selling at a time when the market is low. And the $30,000 that you put in there may be actually worth about $20,000 now. And so you've lost money. So the money is not as liquid as it is in a savings account. Um, also, if you've invest, invested in real estate and you need that money, you have to go through the process of selling your house or selling the property that you've invested in or selling your share of the business. And that's something that, you know, you can't do that overnight. You have to go through, it takes a, it's a process. You got to do paperwork. Or if you want to get a loan on a house that you own, is it's a long process. So the money is not as liquid uh, when you invest it as it is when you save. So that there's a reasons why investment accounts are the proper choice to go with. And then there are reasons why savings accounts uh, proper choice to go with. So today I'm going to focus more on savings account and why, you know, the importance of having that and also the times that you should have it. Um, I would advise to always keep an emergency fund in a savings account and not an investment account. Because again, the one thing that you want to be sure of is that you can easily access your money if you need to. And then also, um, you don't have to sell any investments and risk selling at a bad time in order to get access to that money. So I have, I personally have about four savings accounts. Now, why? Because I have a need to just make my life more difficult than what it should be. I know I can't give you a, a better reason than that. Um, I have stuff kind of split up, but again, I just, I like to make things hard on myself. That's between me and my therapist. We'll deal with that later, but <laughs> I just, I don't, I, I have reasons why, and I can tell you all the reasons and it wouldn't make sense to you, but it makes sense in my head. So that's why I have a couple of savings accounts, but I recommend, I recommend at least having two savings accounts and one of which is a short-term account. And in that account, I would say, um, for an example, and let me just throw this out there. I know that a popular finance guru says that you need $1,000 in your um, starting off an emergency fund. 
for me, when I was paying off debt and putting money away and trying to build up an emergency fund, I knew that $1,000 would do nothing for my family. We can run through that in literally one emergency. All it takes is, you know, one root canal. And that's, I still don't have enough money. That's $1,200, you know, or you can, you know, have to replace tires on the car, $700. That money is gone. $1,000 is gone in no time. And so what I did, I thought of an emergency that I would, that would require me to have money immediately. And I went for that amount of money. And that emergency from in my head was, okay, I live in California. Most of my family is down South. If there was an emergency and I needed to get myself and my children home, about how much money would I have to drop at a moment's notice in order to get us home? And I thought about it. A thousand dollars would not get me and my family to the airport. So I'm going to need way more than a thousand dollars to be prepared for an emergency, a drop of the hat emergency like that. And that's what I put in my mind. Okay. So in order for us to get home immediately at at a moment's notice, I think we would need about $5,000. And that was the amount that I went for off the bat when I was building an emergency savings uh, account was I thought about, like I said, an emergency that would cause me to have to spend money immediately. And I went for that number. And then once I got the 5,000 set aside, okay, this is money for if I need to get home um, or if I have an you know, emergency where I have to have the money in a heartbeat, I got this money right here. And then I went and I started an additional savings account that was my long-term savings account. But when it comes to short-term, I would recommend you think of an emergency or think of some kind of life event or something that would be, I wouldn't say catastrophic, but something that will cause you to need money immediately. And what amount will make you comfortable with that? You know, the chances of you needing, having an emergency and you needing $30,000 in a matter of a day or two is kind of slim. So I wouldn't go that big. But I also wouldn't say 1000 because if your air conditioner goes out, that's way more than $1,000. Or if you have to uh, get home to family like me, that's way more than $1,000 that you're going to spend. So if you uh, have a short-term savings account, I recommend holding that in you know, just a local bank. It could be Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase, although I don't recommend any of those big-name banks. I've never um, banked with big name banks like that. I always use credit unions and I can tell you why in a moment. Um, but it's accessible. You can get to it. You can get to the money or it's there. You can transfer it from your savings account into your checking account in no time. Uh, but I will tell you again, the interest rates for brick and mortar institutes like Bank of America, Chase, all that, the average interest rate is 0.01 to 0.02%. So that money, you're not going to be getting a whole lot of returns on. So I wouldn't put a whole, whole, whole lot of money in a regular bank. Um, Now, what I do with my second emergency savings fund or my long-term fund is I have that money in something called a high-yield savings account. High-yield savings accounts are excellent because... Um, the interest rate is way more than a regular savings account. A high yield, high yield savings accounts can be held at um, mainly online banks like Ally, Marcus, Barclays, CIT. These are banks that you know don't have a whole. If they have 
if they have any, they have very few brick and mortar locations that you can actually walk into. Most of these banks are online and the headquarters of the bank is maybe in another state that you don't live in, but everything you do is online. They're accessible. You link them to your bank. Now, sometimes if you want to take out money of that account, it will take two to three days. So just know that if, if, you, if you're going to need money immediately, I wouldn't hold it in that account. But for the simple fact that the interest rate for high yield savings accounts right now is going, it's about 2%. So you have a 0.01% versus a 2% interest rate. And the money actually compounds every month versus every quarter, like with your regular bank account. So write this down. I want you to look up a high yield savings account. I personally, I use Barclays and I use Ally, but I personally recommend Ally because I love that bank. Um, I've had never had any issues with my money. I don't have any issues with the security of it. Knock on wood. I'm not sure. You know, any anything online is subject to um, being hacked. Of course, we all know that. But I've not had any issues. I have not. I have not had any issues being able to access my money when I need it. Um, I can get into the account. Is no, no problem. Also with Ally Bank, you can split the accounts up and um, in in buckets, and you can save for extra things. Um, with the same amount of money. So you can put, maybe if you got $20,000, you can put 5,000 in this account for a trip and 5,000 in this account for a new car. Uh, but you can split the account up in buckets so that you can put a name to what you're actually saving for. So I would recommend you looking into a high yield savings account online for your long-term emergency fund. I'm telling you the returns are completely different than getting in one year on $4,000. I can guarantee you, you will get more than 20 cent back. So look into that. Um, now they do, there's a warning. They do have um, withdrawal schedules. So I, can, I think you can't do like more than some of them, six withdrawals a quarter or two withdrawals a month or something like that. Look at the stipulations for every account. Um, but I think it would definitely benefit you more to have a high yield savings account versus um, keeping your, your long-term savings in a regular savings account. Um, also, when you have an emergency fund, um, the experts say that you should have a three to six month living expenses saved up. Again, that's gonna vary by person and your level of comfort. Maybe if you're like me, three months is not going to cut it. I want to have a little bit more than, well, a lot more than three months in my emergency savings account. And if you're brand new, if you're just getting started, three months may be a lot to aim for, uh, but aim for it anyway, because eventually you'll get there if you stick with a savings schedule. But the point is, is that you want to have money set aside for a long-term goal or a long-term emergency fund, or a big emergency fund, or whatever it is, you know, maybe you're saving for a college for a child, or you you know your car is on its last leg and you want to push it until the very end. Maybe you're saving for a new car. Whatever it is, you want to have that long-term money in a high-yield savings account. Um, there's also something that I want to encourage you, and it's called a sinking fund. Um, Sinking funds can be a savings that's set up for any particular thing. Maybe you're going on vacation next year and you want to save specifically for your vacation. 
And again, Ally is a good place to do this because you have a savings account and you can designate a bucket for vacation. And you can put a percentage of your savings in that bucket for a vacation. Or you can put it in there for car, a new car. Or you can label that bucket wedding and you can put money aside for your wedding fund. So those are that's what's called a sinking fund. Basically, it's something that you have planned or you have set up that you know that's going to happen and you want to save toward that. Again, I recommend in a high yield savings account because if it's long term and the money's going to be sitting there for a while, you want to make the most of it and get as most interest from that as possible. So very short episode, but I want to go back and reiterate. If you're saving money in a brick and mortar bank like Wells Fargo, Bank of America, um, Chase, all those local banks, I do recommend that you just do a small amount of savings in that bank, something that you can get your hands on really quick if you need to. And now let me add about the banking. I do not bank with Wells Fargo, Chase, Bank of America, because for one, they have a terrible track record. If you look in the news, they're always getting sued for something. Um, And then two, banks have very, very high fees. They have high fees when you um, have a debit transaction that is returned. They have all these stipulations when it comes to your checking account, blah, 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 blah. I recommend a credit union. Credit unions usually have the best fees and the best rates when it comes to loans. And also, if you bank at a credit, say you bank at one small credit union, your town only has this one credit union is in, in this area and you want to be a little bit more mobile, credit unions have a network where they all work. Most of them are in this network and they work together. So you may work, you may bank at XYZ Credit Union and that's in the other town, but ABC Credit Union is right by your house. If you check online or you check that credit union, you may find out that those two credit unions still work together. So you can utilize ABC Credit Union as your main bank. You can go and you can make deposits, you can make withdrawals, you can do all that at that bank, even though you bank at XYZ Credit Union. Example, My credit union that I've been banking with for, I know about 20 years, maybe longer, is in Alabama. I live in California. I've moved, I've gone, I've been here, been there, and I bank, my my main bank is in Alabama, and I won't change it because I'm satisfied with that bank. It does what I need it to do. I have no issues. I can contact people when I need to contact them. It works well for me. If I need something, if I need cash immediately, I go to the ATM for the credit union that's right by my house. They're all a part of this network. I use my bank card or I can go inside and say, hey, I want to withdraw from my account. I give them the bank name, account number, and I go on about my day. So just because I have I've had bank at that credit union, I'm able to use credit unions all over the country and still have access to money. So if you have Wells Fargo, Bank of America, any of those big banks, I would recommend looking into a credit union because you still get the flexibility. You're still able to use other branches regardless of where you are. Um, So back to what I was saying, short-term savings of however much you need to be, whether it's $1,000 or $5,000 in a bank that you have access to, long-term savings in a high-yield savings account so that you can benefit from the interest rates that they pay. 
Um, and also you can set up sinking funds so that you can save for other things that may come up or other things that you want to do. So yeah, I can't recommend Ally Bank enough. Um, I really, really, really think that they have a good system. They make it easy to save, easy to set aside money, easy to easy to set up those buckets so that you can put money in different places so that you know exactly what you have that money earmarked for. Um, so yeah, take a look online, Google some on high yield savings accounts. You don't, it, some of them, the, the interest rates vary from 1.9% to 2%. I mean, that's not going to make a big of a, a, that big of a difference. Just pick one, put your money in it and leave it alone because that's what it's for. It's not to be used. Um, it's there so that you can save long-term. Um, so yeah, homework this week is to Number one, look at your bank and <laughs> look at your bank, look at the fees that they're charging and look at the interest for your savings account, which is pretty much probably going to be nothing. And then number two, find a high yield savings account or an online bank that you um, read their terms and you're comfortable with their terms and open an account there and make that your home for your long term savings that you're not going to touch. Again, make sure you read the terms, make sure you read the withdrawal schedule, the interest rate amount, all that jazz. Be informed about what's going on with your money, because a lot of you probably didn't even realize that you had money sitting in savings accounts that was, you know, basically, basically losing value because of inflation and also not gaining any interest because the interest rate is so, 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 so low. So do those two things. Also, 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 I beat this every episode, work on your goals. You have to have a plan. You have to know what you want. You have to know what it is that you're after in life in order to move forward. You can't drive anywhere without a map or without GPS. You know, if you don't know where you're going, um, you can't build a house without a blueprint. I love saying that because it's the truth. So you have to have a plan for your life. You have to have a plan for what it is that you want for life. And again, you have about 15 weeks left in this year to just really decide, okay, what is it that I want? Or what is it that I, I want to do? Or what can I knock out these last 15 weeks? Or you know what? Maybe I just need to rest. This is your time to do that and to work on that. Guys, thank you so much for joining me this week. We'll talk next week. Thank you for tuning in to Must Talk Money. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, do me a favor, like, subscribe, and share this with a friend or two. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or if you just want to reach out and say hello, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at musttalkmoney at gmail.com. Again, that address is musttalkmoney at gmail.com.